Welcome to the Kids Are People Too podcast. I'm your host, Salita Williams, wife, mom of three little people, educator by both passion and profession, child advocate, parent consultant, and an enthusiastic supporter of you on your positive parenting journey. If you've ever questioned if your parenting methods are effective, if you've ever wished that you had just a few more tools in your proverbial parenting toolbox, or felt like you needed a slight adjustment to your parenting style, or a major one, no judgment here, then you are definitely in the right place because this podcast was curated just for you. Now, this is not your typical parenting podcast. It's actually probably one of the most unconventional parenting podcasts out there. We are not spending our time talking about how to get your kids to eat their veggies. Here, we are doing much deeper dives. Of course, we're going to talk about how to get these kids together, but we'll do that by discussing the facts that surround child developmental psychology, as well as child cognitive development timelines so that we are better able to manage our expectations. We have conversations about how our own temperament, our own personality, and our own past experiences shape our approach to parenting and the significant impact that these things have on the way that our children respond to us. While this podcast has been created with parents in mind, it is not just for parents. This is for any adult that interacts with any little people in any capacity. Even if you don't yet have your own biological children, or if you're not yet experiencing any challenges with your children, you can still definitely benefit from having some extra tools in the toolbox that are ready when you need to grab them. So if you are ready to learn, to grow as a person and a parent, or to just be reassured in what you're already doing, then stick around as we jump into today's episode. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Kids Are People Too podcast. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is episode eight and today we're talking about boundaries. Specifically, we're talking about setting healthy boundaries and enforcing them in a calm and stress-free way. I know that this can be really tough for some of us It can be hard for us to even decide what our boundaries are. It can be hard for us to articulate ourselves and to be assertive enough to even set the boundary. And for some of us, it's definitely hard to enforce our boundaries if someone starts pushing and overstepping. So today we'll be talking about how we as parents can get better at this if we need to so that we can master the best, most effective way to teach these things to our kids. So let's jump into today's episode. Boundaries are like that fence that goes around your house. And the purpose is to establish where your property ends and where your neighbor's property begins. It separates the two spaces into clearly defined and separate areas And that helps everyone to remain in their own space without infringing on someone else's. This is what boundaries do for us. Boundaries are rules that we make for ourselves that dictate how others are able to engage with us. They usually surround our body, our 
things or our possessions, our time, our space, our energy, our money. I mean, all the things. Basically, boundaries are just rules for what we will and will not accept. Boundary setting is deciding what things make us feel comfortable and uncomfortable. It is us deciding where the line is drawn and deciding how we will respond if and when that line is crossed. That line that I'm referring to, that's the boundary. Boundary setting is overlooked a lot when we think of the social skills that we need to have and that we need to teach, but really it's one of the most important and probably one of the first interpersonal skills that we should be learning and focusing on. Boundaries is a word that we throw around a lot, but so few of us actually have healthy boundaries that we set and that we enforce in an effective way. Many of us aren't sure how to set and enforce boundaries for ourselves, or we may know how, but we hate that feeling of being uncomfortable or that awkward feeling or even tension that may come along with enforcing our boundaries. So I plan today's episode with the intention of helping parents get better with boundaries so that we can in turn help our babies. First, we have to take the time and put in the work to be present enough to really get to know ourselves. And we have to do the same thing for our kids. Not only do we have to get to know them, but we have to help them get to know themselves. This is what helps us determine what boundaries we need to set in the first place. If we always see the best in people, if we often miss red flags, if we're insecure, if we're timid, if we're very selfless and giving, if we're very loving, if we're people pleasers, or if we have some type of trauma that may affect our interpersonal relationships, then the boundaries that we set for ourselves need to be more rigid and they need to be more clearly defined. And we have to be self-aware enough to realize that because this is what helps us to make sure that we're moving in a way that will be safe for us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically or financially, depending on the situation and what it is that we need to set boundaries around. When we're setting boundaries, we have to first be clear on exactly what it is that we're trying to prevent and avoid. It's hard to set clear boundaries when you don't know what you don't like, you don't know what you don't want, you don't know what doesn't feel good, you don't know what triggers you to have negative responses. I do understand that most of these things are learned through experience, through just living. There's a reason they say that you appreciate being in a healthy relationship so much more after being in a toxic one. It's because that toxic relationship taught you what you don't want. It taught you what you don't like. It taught you what doesn't feel good. And if you learned the lesson, those things become red flags. So you know that it's time to go if you see them again. Setting boundaries is a similar concept. When we have negative experiences, 
we learn what we need to set boundaries around to prevent those types of things from happening again. We can spend some time reflecting and meditating to unlock some of the answers about ourselves. Then we can see what things or people make us feel uncomfortable or stressed. We can see what we look forward to each day compared to what we dread having to do. We can see who or what gives us energy and what or who makes us feel drained or exhausted. We see what makes us feel safe, supported, and valued, and we also can see the opposite of that. Once we've really thought about those things, then we can more easily begin to define our boundaries and Make them more concrete rather than just abstract thoughts. It helps to make our limits real so we can visualize them. A great way to do this is by using a circle exercise. I saw this online a while back and I really loved the idea. So I just want to share it with you guys. All you'll need is a piece of paper and something to write with. You don't have to do this now, but I'll just explain. So to do the exercise, you'll draw a large circle on a blank piece of paper and inside the circle, you're going to write down everything that makes you feel safe, loved, happy, balanced, relaxed, stress-free, all the good things. So you may write things like yoga, alone time, quality time with loved ones, your daily routine that helps you keep everything together, words of affirmation from your spouse, hugs from people you love. Maybe it's the idea that you can leave work at work when it's time to go home and just totally unplug. Maybe it's the idea that you have the freedom to decide how you'll spend your free time. Maybe it's The idea that you feel empowered to say no to what I like to call energy vampires or people that are exhausting and draining. Think of as many things as you can and write them inside the circle. Then on the outside of the circle, you're going to write down anything that causes you discomfort, stress, pain, Anything that annoys you or that causes you to feel emotionally or mentally exhausted. And you want to be very specific here. Go deep. Name names. Name specific situations. Because this will show you the people and the circumstances that push the limits of your boundaries. Here you may write things like, doing work-related things after hours instead of prioritizing your self-care or something else that you want to do. You may write your auntie that constantly dumps her relationship problems on you or the co-worker that needs to borrow money every week. You may write the friend that wants your services or products for free, people that touch you without asking, or people that aren't close to you that ask deep or intimate questions about your life and it makes you feel uncomfortable. Anything that has negative feelings attached to it, you wanna write those things on the outside of the circle. This circle becomes a visual representation of your limits. 
The things inside the circle represent things that get you to or help you to stay in your happy place, while the things outside the circle represent the complete opposite. The circle itself represents the boundaries that separate the two. So to manifest this visual that we've created into reality, we have to take anything outside the circle and determine how you can define a boundary that will prevent or eliminate those issues. You can also do this exercise with your kids. Just modify it as necessary for their age. You can ask them what makes them feel good for the inside and what makes them feel bad emotions for the outside and then have a conversation about how they can assert themselves to feel more of the things inside their circle and less of the things on the outside. Once we're able to set our boundaries, then we have to let people know. We have to communicate our boundaries clearly and with confidence to the people that are around us. Not doing this is one of the biggest mistakes that we make. We are good for setting boundaries in our minds, but never expressing them out loud. We allow ourselves to get mad because someone is pushing a boundary that we never set. We allow resentment toward people to build because how dare they not just know? How dare they not be a mind reader? We can't assume that people should just automatically know and understand our boundaries. I mean, there are things that we can agree that people should know. We shouldn't have to ask a person not to lie to us. We shouldn't have to ask people not to hit us or not to steal from us. Basic things like that go without saying. But pretty much everything else needs to be stated. We can't hold someone accountable for respecting boundaries that we never set and communicated. If we don't communicate where we draw our line, how will we know if it's overstepped? It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out conversation. We can literally just set and communicate our boundaries within a sentence. If you need to set boundaries around your time, you may say something like, I can only stay for an hour, then I have to go. If you need to set boundaries around the things that you're willing to disclose to someone, you might say simply, this is not a topic that I'm willing to discuss right now, period. Sometimes things can get heated and people can feel really strongly about their opinions, especially when it comes to things like politics, religion, amongst other things, and it starts to feel less like a conversation and more like an attack or a debate. And you may have to set a boundary by saying something like, I understand that we see things differently and I respect your opinion, but we can just agree to disagree on this. And that's your way of shutting it down. And sometimes we have to draw a line and set a boundary around how much of someone else's stuff that we'll allow to be dumped onto us. Sometimes we just have to say something like, I understand you're having a hard time and I really want to be there for you, but I just don't have the emotional capacity to listen right now. 
Now, with that being said, we do have to make sure that we're communicating our boundaries in a way that is appropriate and that doesn't feel unnatural or forced. The topic has to come up naturally and then you can set and enforce your boundary from there. You wouldn't start a brand new relationship and just randomly say, oh, I have a rule about lending money and I just don't do that, so please don't ask. (laughs) That would just be so weird. But it is a perfectly fine response if someone asks to borrow money from you if you've set a boundary around that. Even though boundaries can feel uncomfortable, the good thing is that usually if it's someone that's close to us and that actually cares about us, when they become aware of our boundaries, they'll try their best to respect them. But sometimes we may have to deal with someone that oversteps or pushes the limits. And there is really nothing more draining than being in a situation or in a relationship where we feel that we have to constantly be assertive or constantly enforce our boundaries. Setting and communicating boundaries is one thing, but when we have to enforce them, it means that the boundary is being tested. It means that someone or something is making us feel uncomfortable and we have to decide what to do about it. The most common misconception about enforcing boundaries is that doing so is supposed to change the behavior of others. This is just simply not the case. Boundaries are how we control our own behavior. The boundary is for us, not them. It's about what we're willing and unwilling to accept and what we will do to protect our peace when our boundaries are being crossed. Let's not get it twisted. We don't enforce boundaries with words. This is another misconception. We set boundaries with words, but we enforce them through actions. When we clearly articulate a boundary and what will happen if it's crossed, then we're obligated to ourselves to follow through. Simple and plain, we enforce our boundaries by doing what we said we were going to do and by not doing things that we said we wouldn't. We enforce our boundaries by honoring our word to ourselves just as much as we honor our word when we give it to others. All healthy relationships should have boundaries. Without boundaries, we set ourselves up to be used, to be manipulated, to have lower self-esteem, to have lower self-confidence, and we really just make ourselves more susceptible to certain mental health challenges such as anxiety or depression. But once we master setting and enforcing boundaries in our own life without guilt, without feeling awkward or nervous, then we can most effectively have these conversations about boundaries with our children. The best and most impactful way to teach our kids about boundaries is through modeling. They are always watching and listening. They're very observant. They're very perceptive. And they learn how to move based on what they see us do. So we're teaching them when they see us setting boundaries. We're teaching them when they see us enforcing our boundaries in a way that's not aggressive, that's not combative, but that is firm 
and calm and even kind. We're teaching them when they see us being respectful of other people's boundaries, even if we don't understand them or agree with them. And most importantly, we teach them when they see that we respect their boundaries and that we help them enforce their boundaries by backing them up. When we do that, we empower them to be able to enforce their boundaries in any situation with any person. And there is nothing more powerful to a child than knowing that their parents have their back. No matter what boundaries my children set, within reason, I'll back them up. If they have a toy that they don't want to share, I'll let them put it away when company comes over. A lot of people have things that they don't want to share and that they don't want other people breaking or possibly messing up. So while teaching them that sharing is important, they should also be taught and be allowed to set boundaries around their things. Of course, we do also want to be fair. So if you're going to have something out, then you need to share it. But if you don't want to share, then you're allowed to put it away until your company leaves. Another thing is that I'll never force my child to show affection when they don't want to. And this is a a very common thing in our community. No matter my child's reason for not wanting to hug someone or kiss someone, I will respect and help them enforce that boundary. It doesn't matter if it's just because they're upset with you, they're in a bad mood, they just don't feel like it, they don't like your energy, whatever it is, if they don't want to, they don't have to. No one gets to determine if my reason for not wanting someone to touch me or kiss me is valid or not. So why do we take away that right from kids? We play a really dangerous game when we force kids to hug and kiss and sit on laps and let people hold them when they clearly don't want to. When we do this, we inadvertently teach them that they aren't really in control of their own bodies. And we teach them that there are some people that should have access to their bodies, whether they want to or not. And me personally, I'm just not doing that. You can decide how you feel about that and what feels right for you and your own children. But for me, even in the doctor's office, when the kids get their annual checkup, the genital area is optional. So I take that as an opportunity to help empower my kids. When it's that time for the exam, which is literally just a peak that takes two seconds, I ask my kids if they feel comfortable with that. I explain what's about to happen and I ask if they're okay with it. If it's my daughter, I may say something like, the doctor needs to look at your vulva or your vaginal area. Are you okay with that? If I'm talking to my son, I'll tell him, the doctor needs to look at your penis and your testicles. Is that okay? And whatever they say is what we go with, unless, of course, there are concerns where they actually need to be checked. This gives them practice asserting themselves in any situation, and it helps them feel comfortable setting a boundary and enforcing it when they need to. And while they're practicing setting and enforcing boundaries, we also need to help them with respecting the boundaries that other people set. If they want people to respect their boundaries, it is important for them to know that they have to respect the boundaries of others. They need to know that this goes both ways. 
everyone has a right to their own boundaries and not all boundaries will make sense to us, nor do they have to. Everyone is different and not everyone needs the same boundaries. Some people love hugs and they'll never be able to understand why someone would set a boundary around being touched. But kids and adults have to understand that just because something may not be a big deal to them doesn't mean it can't be an issue for someone else. We have to teach our kids that if someone sets a boundary, it's not okay to try to find a way around it or to push against it. Respect for boundaries has to be a two-way street and our kids have to know this. That's it for today, guys. I really appreciate you listening. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you receive alerts when new episodes drop. And please leave a five-star review. Remember that you can send topic requests or listener questions via email to kids at dosesofmelanin.com. Lastly, make sure you've joined the Kids Are People to Parenting group on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at K-A-P-T Podcast. As you go throughout the remainder of this week and into the next, consider the phrase, you can't pour from an empty cup. Boundaries are the things that we use to keep our cup from getting empty in the first place. And if we do allow our cups to get low, Setting and enforcing boundaries, along with a little self-care, is what helps us to fill them back up. We can allow our thoughts about how other people will feel about or respond to our boundaries to stop us from setting and enforcing them, and we can allow it to make us feel guilty about that. The only people that get upset or push back on your boundaries are the people that had something to gain from the fact that you had none. So boundaries are also good tools to weed out users and people that just have no intention on providing reciprocity and a give and take mutually beneficial relationship. Having boundaries is a form of self-care and mental health maintenance. Self-care is not just spa days and brunch and shopping. Self-care is whatever we need to do to keep ourselves feeling balanced and calm. It's important that we truly embrace this and that we make it a norm for our kids as well. We all deserve peace and to feel secure. As you continue on your positive parenting journey, remember to give yourself grace and most importantly, Remember to give your kids grace and the space to learn and grow. We'll talk next week. Later.